Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Extended interview. Cassandra Node on the line. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. So happy to be able to chat to you. Uh, so glad you had a minute. Hailing from right here in Fort McMurray, but honestly making some big waves on TV screens, movie screens. When was the last time you were in town? When's the last time you visited? Oh, it's probably a year and a half ago. My parents, um, they were still there. They just moved back to their, their hometown, which is actually where I am right now. I'm visiting them in St. Jerome, which is like half an hour north of Montreal. So I'd Probably a year and a half ago. That's not too bad at all. I, uh, it's funny. I um, had already watched the episode that we're going to get into, but a friend of mine messaged me saying, and they used to work at uh, Mitchell's in town. Oh my God, Mitchell. Girl that I used to serve there with, I would walk in all the time. She's on, she's on TV right now. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> oh my though. God. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was so awesome. Such a great opportunity. You know what? The last time that I saw you in person uh, was like many years ago. You were dancing at a, in a competition at McDonald Island Park, and I was judging, which I, first of all, have zero business doing. <laughs> but uh, but oh you made gosh. a big impact, and I felt like big things were down the road, and now you're on Snowpiercer. That's so funny. I think I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember trying to come up with ago. things to say. I was like, um, you, you, you've got great technique, I think, <laughs> as someone who has no training. Wait, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, so the, the role that you play, uh, Fiona, in this episode eight of Snowpiercer, that, it has some meat to it. How did, how did landing this role happen? You know what? It was, it was awesome. So the casting director, I had auditioned for her a few times, and I remember reading this, and I was so excited about the part, A, because I love the show. I watched the movie years ago when it came out and I remember thinking oh my god this movie was so good they need to make a sequel and then they never made a sequel but then they made the show which is awesome um this is two years ago wow so we shot this like almost two mm, yeah almost two years ago now um but they my agent was like you got a call back you're on hold they need your reel and at this point like as you know I'm a dancer and I I had been dancing my whole life and this was kind of like my first one of my first like big actor roles and I saw I didn't have, like, an actor reel. So I, within, like, an hour, I put all of my footage together, and I sent it over, and then they, <laughs> they told me I got the part, and it was, it, was kind of, it was so cool, yeah. You appear right after the opening titles, too. Like, it's really quick. It's really early on. Um, uh, and then things get crazy later on in the uh, episode. You end up in this chaotic scene. What was it like filming that? Oh, my God, that was so epic. It was so epic. I got just to, to fight a bunch of big stunt guys for a whole day. Our director... Everardo was, um, I hope I get to work with him again. He wanted this like big, like slow motion scene. So they were just like, okay, just fight and kill like as many people as you can. <laughs> There's one shot you can see me in the back just going ham <laughs> with a with a fake shiv, sh- shiving some guy. Yeah, I think I killed probably like 20 guys <laughs> in oh. one day. Wow. Well, we didn't get to see oh nearly enough of that. I want to see all that footage. I- I know, I know, but they they they, they can choose what they want to show, but um, it was pretty epic. 
So, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much choreography uh, directly that you were involved with, but it seemed like that scene took a lot. Uh, do you think like your talent as a dancer helped navigate that? Oh my God, totally. When it comes to stage fighting or on camera fighting, it's a lot of like muscle memory, which is something that I've, I've been doing my whole life. So for sure, my dancing um, definitely took play in that. I had to go through the same thing um, when I worked on C. It was a lot of um, choreography and like, we had a lot, a lot of rehearsal time on that show as well because obviously we had to learn this this whole other world where we had to learn how to move without without sight. So that was a whole other experience where yeah. I think that my dance really um, helped or gave me an advantage. Had to have. Absolutely had to have. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to get into, I, I got to give a spoiler warning. Uh, I want to talk about that part in the episode. Uh Largely just because I'm so jealous that you got to shoot an on-screen death scene. That, tell me about that. Ah! Oh my god, I it was so epic. I didn't like obviously as an actor you don't want to die, but I was like, wow, this is I'm going to get my throat sliced and then get thrown <laughs> <laughs> down a flight of stairs into the lead actor. Sure, I'll take it. Uh, it was it was epic. We shot that a bunch of times. Um, obviously, the special effects that you see in my lace. My latest Instagram post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Neverado wanted something super gruesome. He was like, "More blood, more blood." Always, always. Was, yeah, they got gallons yeah, yeah, of this yeah. stuff. Just use it. <laughs> oh my god, yes, just cover me. I was watching with my girlfriend, and she's—you get grabbed, and then there's a blade to your throat, and my girlfriend's like screaming at the TV, like, "No, we know her, no!" Uh, did you oh know that god. the episode was going to end that way when you got involved? Yes, I did. Uh, I did. Plenty of yeah. time to prepare for it. Oh yes, I was I was looking forward to the death. <laughs> In film is the only- <laughs> Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Timothy uh, Murphy, who is the lead of the guy that kills me, he was <laughs> so funny because he's so he plays such a mean guy, but he's like the sweetest the sweetest man ever. He's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he kept making sure I was okay in between each take. He was like, Is that okay? <laughs> was I too rough? And I was like, No, you're fine. It, it, his, he's got kind eyes. His eyes betray his toughness in that yeah. show, I think. Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, uh, for sure, for sure. Well, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but um, wh- what else should we keep our eyes out for so we can spot you? Anything that you're working on or anything you know is, is on the way? Well, with everything that's going on um, right now, our film industry is kind of uh, on halt, but things yeah. are picking up right now. Um, I worked on a show called... Uh, Louder Milk, which is going to be on Out Audience Network. Um, and we don't have a release date yet, but I think it's going to be somewhere in the fall. So they're thinking October-ish. But I am working on something that I can't really say right now. Oh, Something personal that's cool. going to be coming out in the next week or two. So keep your eyes peeled. I'll oh. post it on my my social media i was expecting you to drop something like maybe later on this year maybe no a week i can week i can do i can be patient (laughs) okay yeah i'll let you know i'll I'll keep it posted awesome uh well very talented fort mcmurray girl cassandra now uh on tnt snowpiercer now streaming on netflix thank you so much for taking a minute to chat with me this morning thank you so much for having me have a great time visiting with the family i will thank you monday saturday night people tie one on occasionally i uh, live downtown in an apartment building and there was somebody doing the stumble home. Uh, and I could tell that it was happening because it was very audible. Sitting in the living room with my significant other, uh, forget what was on the TV. Maybe I was playing a video game. Uh, it doesn't matter because I had to pause it, had to stop it, had to mute the audio. Because all I could hear from outside was... Like just a lot of gurgle. A lot of gurgle to it. 
this guy was struggling and I couldn't quite find the source of this sound. I mean, it was kind of sounded like it was moving, kind of like it was traversing down the street past the window instead of just staying outside and underneath. Uh, and sure enough, yeah, I looked out and finally saw a guy emerge from behind a, a, a car across the street, hands on knees, head face down, doing that spit. You know the spit. The spit when you're dealing with some some vomitous feelings. The <laughs> it's the worst feeling ever. And you know, I was like this close. Like he was kind of he was kind of faltering. He was staggering. And I was this close to being like, maybe we should do something about this. I mean, he nobody else is around. His friends have clearly gone on somewhere else or are already passed out at home. Who knows? He's he's trying to get there, but he was moving. He 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 stood back up upright again. It was kind of like second to the left on the Darwin's evolutionary chart. You know what I mean? Like not quite completely upright, but still he was moving. So I figured he must have gotten home safe. And it just occurred to me, I was like, maybe his Sunday was uh, real rough. So you know, hopefully people took it easy on him. But then again, there was those people in the world that I get jealous of because it seems like they can they can have a bunch, they can really party, and then not really have the hangover the next day. I think they call them. What is the word? Uh, younger than me. Par for the course in 2020 when we've got a year where uh, America is dealing with a ton of cicadas, although they are relatively harmless. We also had that little bit of a brush with the murder hornets from Asia coming to our neck of the woods. Haven't heard too much about it since, which I'm just taking as good news. I'm just I'm just going out on a limb being like, they took care of it, I hope. I'm going to think about other things now. But the UK just recently, uh, their meteorologists noticed a flare-up of precipitation on their radar machines. Uh, and they went a little closer into it, looked at the satellite feed and said, there's no clouds in the area. How can you have rain with no clouds? It doesn't happen. Looked into it a little closer and then saw that there was a trending hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag flying ant day. Yes, it's just one of those situations where it was warm enough. Uh, it was summery enough. It was windless enough that thousands and thousands of ants took to the sky and created a swarm 50 kilometers long. That's just absolutely insane to me and really reminds me of the trailer for a film from 1954 called Them. I tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly, man as the dominant species of life on Earth will be extinct within a year. Um, okay, you want a reference that's just a little newer? How about... Uh... It's difficult to tell from this vantage point whether they will consume the captive Earthmen or merely enslave them. One thing is for certain, there is no stopping them. The ants will soon be here. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. like to remind them that as a trusted TV personality, uh, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground sugar caves. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. The American Music Awards are going full steam ahead this year. Uh, the three-hour show is apparently set to air on ABC in November as planned. Uh, no mention of COVID or any restrictions or precautions, but they did say production details will be announced at a later date. So I'm sure they're doing something. Just, this just means they're trying to figure things out and are making it up as they go along just like everybody else is. Uh, Chris Cornell, uh, his estate marked today as it would have been the artist's 56th birthday. Uh, there's some previously unreleased music that they uh, just dropped. In fact, it's a song you've already heard from Guns N' Roses called Patience, but you haven't quite heard it like this. It's just a taste of the 1989 ballad. Most incredible voice. Most incredible. 
Is he, isn't he, rapper Kanye West is in a pendulum swing between running for the president office and, well, just, you know, not doing that. He's not winning many friends right now after a public rant, including the statement that Harriet Tubman did not actually free any slaves with the Underground Railroad. In fact, he says in his own words, she just had them work for other white people. Usually I just say add the Seinfeld music to Kanye's rants and it sounds like the trailer to a comedy special you might be interested in but I just don't think that's going to cut it here and that is your music news Tuesday good news from the NBA they're saying that uh, they're looking to resume end of the month 30th of July and they're saying that they've done their initial COVID tests within their bubble and none of the players have come back with a positive test result very good to start NHL not quite such a great grade Uh, now doing pretty good they apparently have tested 2,618 different tests on 800 players that is a lot of cotton swabs dangling at the back of the throat going Um, training camps they did open up earlier this month and they have done these tests and they found two players who were positive two cases that were positive now uh, they've got them isolating and they're going to continue the testing and they're going to keep working this thing until it actually functions but I had an idea brewed up in the back of my head for uh, in the meantime as the training begins and as we're getting closer to actually having kind of an NHL playoff season out of those two hub cities Worst kept secret in sports. Uh, I, I had an idea for, you know, Big Brother, the, the reality show where people are locked in a house together. You see where I'm kind of going with this? They had this. Uh, I don't know if they can actually get cameramen and editors to actually make something where it's a fully produced reality show. But they also had this subscription service that I never partook in. But sports fans, let me know if this would be something you'd want to watch. Big Brother After Dark, uh, which was your ability to get in on like the webcams and the microphones at just about any time of day to see things uncensored. So I'm just saying, while you've got all these teams locked up in Edmonton and in Toronto, put some webcams in their locker rooms, put some webcams in the places that they're staying inside the fences that are going up outside of Rexall Place right now, and uh, put that on the internet charge a subscription service sports will be funded for the next five years with that alone i swear who spits on people anymore you haven't heard about this uh there's an incident in calgary caught on video yeah another one of these and yes it is racially motivated turns out thanks to the identity on the video uh that he was uh, identified as being a uh, former manager of a basketball team at the university of calgary which ufc has now come out with a statement for of course but really i mean we know at least we should know better that that is just being uh, being prejudiced like that is just stupid but can we like really zero in on the spitting part i mean context of a pandemic aside who does this anymore who does this you grow up you know better you figure it out you know what i mean and then one day you just never spit on anybody ever again unless i don't know you've arranged it in uh, sexual context beforehand for whatever reasons i'm not here to visit or pass judgment on i'm just saying randomly to a stranger you don't spit on anybody who does this hey alexa play the steve reeve podcast The latest installment of Metallica's Monday concert series was a very metal master of puppets show from Berlin. You got Steve Reeve with you right here on 100.5 Cruise FM. Uh, This show was uh, taped on 666, June 6th, 2006, just making it extra metal. Speaking of live shows, though, not a re-release, not a backtrack in time, but uh, a new fresh one, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, Jefferson Starship, New Kids on the Block, and the Foo Fighters are going to be performing for a, a Fenway Session live stream that is uh, actually going to be benefiting uh, COVID, 
19 aid, uh, and that's through the Red Sox Fund and Live Nation's Crew Nation Charity. So all proceeds going towards the touring and venue staff that are out of jobs right now, which is really fantastic. A lot of people affected, especially in the entertainment industry, one that we think of as non-essential, but truly, what else have we been doing during the lockdown? You can catch this live session. Uh, it might be pre-taped, but still, live-ish session this Wednesday in the evening, 7.05 Eastern Time. Uh, yesterday would have been Chris Cornell's 56th birthday, and on that date, his daughter Lily actually she announced she's starting a new series on her Instagram TV called Mind Wide Open. And this series is going to be dedicated to talking about and lifting the stigma around talking about mental health, which we applaud. That is your music news for today. Wednesday. BC Health, if you hadn't recently read yesterday, the Internet kind of had a field day, at least here in Canada, especially in the West, when it comes to <laughs> here, here. Uh, adult activities, let's say. They're suggesting that you might want to get, you know, uh, maybe uh, creative with barriers that prevent face-to-face contact when you're trying to have the uh, adult activities. Um, (laughs) There's really uh, one word, or I guess two words put together, one phrase that describes this more than any. You know what it is already. The GH, you know, the uh, port of glory shall we call it? Um, so they're suggesting, yeah, that this is probably a good idea. Now, let's be clear. I really don't think that they're saying, yeah, go find one. No, no, no. They're saying <laughs> maybe build one and they will come. Is that is that like a Field of Dreams joke? Every sports team that has chosen a name at some point in the past, they had their reasons for that and these reasons are different. In some cases where it might be misconstrued as being uh, racially insensitive, it actually comes from uh, you know, a tribute to a certain individual, like a nickname or something like that, in the case of like the Chiefs, for instance, in one case. Um, but uh, then you've got like the Edmonton Eskimos, which uh, y- you've had mixed reactions from former members of the team, which is, I guess, no longer to be known as that. It's the Edmonton Football Club for now until they actually announce that new name. Uh, but uh, one of the uh, Football Hall of Famers, Frank Ilisek, uh, he says he's going to continue to call himself an Edmonton Eskimo. I mean, that was the title of the team while he was playing. Meanwhile, you've got a, uh, a former team member, Neil Lumpson, who says, you know, uh, they never really considered that it was, it could be misconstrued or could be represented as a negative thing or, or an insensitive thing. Uh, it was always meant to be a tribute. However, he says that if that had come up while he was on the team, if this uh, question had been broached, then they would have considered it and had that conversation. I mean, it's a lot easier to say what would have happened in the past after the fact. But still, I believe there's a little bit of truth to that. Here is the silver lining, though, for anybody who is really, like, averse to change. I, I say, you know, either way, it's happening. you got to accept it. But the old, quote-unquote, old memorabilia just got so much more valuable. I'm talking cha-ching! So there's your silver lining. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Music news coming at you. This Saturday begins a 16-hour marathon trip through black American music. Uh, Aptly named uh, the Red, White, Black, and Blues, the journey through archival performances is going to be live-streamed on fans.com and is going to feature Aretha Franklin, B.B. King, Bill Withers, Billie Holiday, Little Richard, Otis Redding, Patti LaBelle, just to name a very small few. Like I said, 16 hours. Last week, I shared a sample of a Rolling Stones bootleg track now officially re-released ahead of the upcoming Goat's Head Soup commemorative box set. Just this morning, the band released another lost recording, a track called Scarlet from 1974, with Jimmy Page joining the session.
According to Keith Richards' memory, such as it is, the song is a demo from a time that the Stones walked into a recording session right after Led Zeppelin finished theirs, and Page just kind of hung out to jam. Thursday. A man in Sin City has stolen a three-foot-tall, 40-pound phallic marital aid, shall we say. There's video footage. It's kind of amazing. His face is a bit obscured, but but he just kind of walks in. He glances down at this sucker as if he could miss it and then just throws it over the shoulder and walks right out the door. This thing apparently retails at the shop in Las Vegas for almost $2,000. Unbelievable. One of the biggest in the world. Uh, And I guess this guy thought he could make good use of it. But you know what? This story means it's time for the first ever on the Steve Reeves show punch lineup. All right, here we go. Las Vegas man steals three foot, 40 pound phallic marital aid. He would have paid for it, but he's a little hard up right now. <laughs> Las Vegas man steals three foot phallic marital aid. If caught, he could face stiff, stiff fines. Uh, Maybe he's trying to plug a hole in the Hoover Dam. Maybe he's a damn hero. Uh, as much of a pain in the ass as it is for the store. Uh, <laughs> if he gets tired of being on the run, uh, he brought his own seat. Ah! And uh, if the store is offering a reward, let the hunt for Moby Dick begin. Well, uh, <laughs> <coughs> oh, that's a hell of a weird sound. I never made that before. This has been the punch lineup. 30 years after the world was graced with the mastery that is Ice Ice Baby, a vanilla ice biopic titled To the Extreme is happening, with Dave Franco stepping into the role of Mr. Ice himself. Uh, if the credits don't end with word to your mother, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, Taylor Swift, she dropped a bombshell this morning by announcing that not only is her eighth studio album coming out, uh, it's called Folklore, and it's coming out tonight at midnight. So uh, people are uh, scratching their bank accounts saying, hey, do I have enough money to grab that? Um, it should be, should be interesting to see how well that is received, how many millions of dollars she makes. That is your music news for this morning. Friday. Uh, it seems like there are some cases of some folks in town affected by the flood earlier in the year, which is awful enough. Uh, then insurance abandons saying, oh, no, not covered. Sorry, whatever happened to you, not covered. Check it here. Dotted line, fine print. So then people have been applying for disaster relief from the government of Alberta. And uh, in a few cases, they've been approved. And then emergency money to help with repairs or whatever you need comes through. An emergency check. And now it seems that some people are getting phone calls, emails. They're getting contacted after the fact to be like, hey, uh, it's the government. Uh, we reviewed your, your file and we found that because this is what happened under the dotted line, even though it's not what insurance said happened, uh, insurance is supposed to be covering you, even though they said that they wouldn't. And we're not going to fight that battle for you, but uh, you're not eligible for disaster relief. Give us our money back. What? Are you kidding me? Like, in some cases, I'm reading up to, like, $5,000 in a check that was emergency relief immediately given, immediately issued after initially being reviewed and then approved. Then they're saying, no, yeah, take backs. Uh, No, actually, we need that money back. Uh, Good luck with the insurance company. How ridiculous is this? How much... Of a, a how much no winning do people in our community have to go through before somebody's actually going to realize that like no you can't really do that you're hurting people who are already hurting in a big big way people are already affected and this money is already not even enough to cover some of the damages if you hadn't heard more than four hundred million dollars in damages occurred in our community earlier in the year absolutely insane so to say that you're going to be helping people out and then just to take back that money I realize it's a difficult situation to navigate but come on this is supposed to be disaster relief and what kind of relief is that
The legend of the 32nd team is true. Introducing the Seattle Kraken. Are you excited? I'm saving me strength for when it comes. And I don't think it's cracking anyways. Always heard it said Kraken. Oh, with a long A? Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Crotland's there, it's pronounced in the original Scandinavian. And Kraken's closer to that. Well, we ain't original Scandinavians, are we? Kraken. It's a mythological creature. I can call it what I want. Well, however you say it, the Seattle sea monsters are ready to recruit a roster now. Does that mean that their mascot's going to be like a squiddy cephalopod, too? And how does Al the Octopus over in Detroit feel about that? And are fans going to start throwing squid on the ice on the West Coast during the playoffs? Uh, as much as I'm not a fan of requiring the death of an animal to do that tradition thing, here I will give those smuggling octopods into NHL arenas props for commitment. That stank is going to stick to you. I have a legitimate question here. So um, I've seen a post shared by educator friends of mine, a, a few of them at least, and it's an image of, well, I'll just describe it, though we have posted it up on our social media, give Cruise Radio a follow, uh, and uh, it's desks in a classroom, and they've kind of been arranged in a uh, four format, uh, di- dissected uh, in the middle of those four, both ways by basically PVC pipe and some clear shower curtain, and the caption reads, not sure if teacher friends need ideas, but this teacher used PVC pipe, clear plastic, from the dollar store, cost around $100 to do the whole classroom. I mean, I I applaud the creativity, the ingenuity, the problem-solving that's going on here. But more often than not, when I have seen this image shared, I've seen it shared with a question that goes something like, but why do teachers have to both figure out the solutions and pay for them? Which is a legitimate question. I think it's a legitimate concern, and not just one for our educators, but for all of the people in our midst that have kids that might be going back to school when when the classes start up again. I I don't know what the solution is here. I mean, I think this looks pretty good, and I wouldn't be, uh, you know, upset to see this in some of our local classrooms if people want to put the effort and the money in, but I do not think that our educators should have to pay for it. They're already... As usual, paying for way too much out of pocket for supplies and for things for the classroom to help with the education of their kids and not having a lot of support from those that should be supporting them. Not a lot of cash coming in from where it should be coming from. So my question is, and a legitimate question out there to the teachers of the RMWB, what can we as a community do to help you get prepared for the 2021 year? Join that conversation online. Give it some thought. Even come back to it over the weekend if any ideas come back to you. I'd like to start this conversation and, and legitimately, hopefully, find some solutions. Hey, Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. Time for your injection of music news. It looks like both the Flaming Lips and Maroon 5 seem to be advocating for the legalization slash decriminalization of a certain something-something. This going by the latest release from Maroon 5 being their first songs uh, release of 2020, Nobody's Love, and a brand new music video shot in California only on iPhone because quarantine reasons. And the Flaming Lips dropping a song called You Sellin' Me Blank? Uh, you and Me, sorry. You and Me, Sellin' Blank from American Head, the name of the album. So a full single just dedicated to the subject at hand. Then a throwback with Fleetwood Mac. Apparently they are preparing a, a absolutely massive box set documenting the early years. It's called Fleetwood Mac, 1969 to 1974. Pretty much says it all there. Live album recorded shortly before Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham actually joined the band. 
And every time I think about Fleetwood Mac, whether it's the early or later years, I can't help but think of this clip from Flight of the Concords. I've told you, you know, when you're in a band, you don't get with your bandmate's girlfriend, past or present. Yes, well, thanks for that. You get a love triangle, you know? Fleetwood Mac situation. Although there was four of them, so more of a love square, but, you know, no one gets on. Okay, I see. Mind you, they did make some of their best music back then. Rumours? No. That's all true. Foreign to my sensibilities is uh, this announcement from KFC. As an entity, they have declared that they are teaming up with a company to try and make lab-grown chicken cell and plant-based 3D-printed chicken nuggets in the future. That's right. 3D-printed chicken nuggets. I feel like we're living in the Matrix. It's a single-celled protein combined with synthetic aminos, vitamins, and minerals. Everything the body needs. Well, except for flavor. That's the key thing. It's got to have flavor. It's got to actually taste good. And this can't, I can't help but think about this clip. I hope that you've seen it before. If not, find this on the internet. Jamie Oliver explaining how chicken nuggets are made to children. You know, Jamie Oliver's, his whole thing is trying to teach younger generations about what actually goes into processed foods and trying to teach them how to make healthier, more fresh options. Well, he, Shows them where the nice cuts of the chicken come off. He cuts off the breasts, the legs, and everything. He he butterflies, basically, a chicken, except for the fact that he's got the carcass separated. And then he's just like, let me show you how nuggets are made. Chop, 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 chop. Grind, 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 grind. Now we got to add some additives to make it taste good. Bunch of flour, sugar, salt, all that stuff into it. Grind, grind, blend, blend, blend. Comes out with this paste. And then... A very own patty. Just like that. Put some breadcrumbs on it. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, our very own patty. Now, who would still eat this? And every single one of the hands of the kids goes up. Great. (laughs) If you want to see someone die inside, this is the clip. As for the KFC chicken nuggets, I just hope that it doesn't have the same effect. Extended interview. Joining me on the phone, comedian Ola Dada, who is going to be part of CBC Gems' new wave of stand-up series. Just started on the 17th. His episode's coming up. But you're from Fort McMurray. Yeah. I need to know more about you, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen from the phone number, <laughs> I looked at 780, yeah. Uh, I'm from Fort Mac, man. Uh, I grew up in Tivoli. <laughs> Very cool. When did you graduate? 2013 at uh from westwood high school oh nice okay so i was 04 out of comp so you know i i, I can see why we might not have like brushed elbows you know or whatever what I mean? exactly a little <laughs> bit of rivalry there with the basketball team i don't know if the rivalry stretches far that back <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like barely had any sports teams back when i was in high school there but it's a, a different story from both of ours nowadays but you were raised here in alberta uh you're you're nigerian canadian now does that mean that you were uh born in nigeria or your parents oh i was born in nigeria yeah so we moved here around 2006 was it like, you know, family coming for work, that that classic story? Yeah, basically. Uh, my parents, both my parents, were, they worked for Suncor the entire time, so. We're not the smallest town, but I have a theory that people from small towns are just kind of funnier on average. Do you think 100%. that's true? 100%. I mean, I feel like that's part of why I got into comedy in the first place. And, like, I mean, I just have buddies just beaking each other nonstop. And it was, like, one of those things that I took on stage, and I was, like, I, I was ready for comedy, and I didn't even know it yet. <laughs> so what what got you onto stage? Like, how did it start? Oh, it's crazy, because, like, I moved out to Vancouver uh, to chase my accounting degree. And, like, it was one of those things where, like, I was here just to focus on school, and I was just out with my buddies on, like, at a downtime. I feel like we just finished an exam or something like that. So my buddies and I decided to go out. We went to this pizza place uh, downtown called Goldie's Pizza at the time. We go in there to just grab a quick snack. Next to me, nobody here. People are like laughing downstairs. I'm like, yo, what's going on? So we go downstairs, 
right? And then the book, the room booker was like, "Oh yeah, you guys here for the show?" I was like, "Well, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a show going on." Honestly, this was kind of fun. Do you think I could give it a shot? Obviously, she said no. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then uh, she was like, you know what? I'll give you a quick three minutes of all your friends. There was like 10 of us. She's like, all your friends paid for a ticket, though, to watch you do the quick three minutes. So I like, I went back to the homies. I'm like, yo, please, guys, come on. Let's, let's just let me do this. <laughs> so they all paid and they wow. watched me do a quick three minutes. And then after that, the lady started booking me because she thought I was like an out-of-town comic or something like that. But it really was just my first time. And I would go back every couple of months when she would book me. Right, and then she finally asked me, like, hey, like, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, like, I'm from Alberta. And, like, you know, I'm just here doing some school. Like, thank you for pulling me up. She's like, how long have you been doing comedy for? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the first, second, third time. You know, every time you book me, that's when I just come out here. So comedy just kind of found me in that sense. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before from comics a thousand times at this point. Count your blessings because that's the opposite of how it usually goes. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, you know, again, I got Nigerian parents, so, like, you know, accounting, being a doctor, being an engineer, you know, being a comedy was never on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's never the goal in mind. That's not what you're going to go to school for. Yeah, man. It's like, I'm not going to lie. Like, comedy kind of found me, yo. Like, you know, like I got into it and I immediately fell in love with it. You know, like it just became this passion that I didn't even know I had. And then... You know, look at us now. <laughs> you know, that's so cool. That's really, really like, I mean, true. I, I might be overselling it, but like, that's an awesome story. It's so cool that you were able to like, uh, you know, peel back the layers of the onion, then suddenly find something that just fits so well. Yeah, man. I got really lucky because like, I mean, a lot of people go up there and they're like, oh man, I hated that. And like, I'm not going to lie from the second I touched that stage. I'm like, nah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> no, nothing else is going to do now. Yeah, man, I'm like, I can't go back to my accounting class on Monday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, let's talk. I mean, it's obviously you've seen some success, too. You've been noticed a little bit, not just by that one booker, but, I mean, uh, just last year you were runner-up on uh, Top Comic from Sirius XM. What was that competition like? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. It was like, it was one of very tough competition because it's kind of like stretched out the whole year. There are different levels that you have to, like, go through to make it to the final round. But, oh, my God, I could not explain the experience. It was just like... It was like the first time, like, you have to go head-on-head with everybody in Canada. So it was, like, really grueling. By the time we got to the finals and everything in Toronto, definitely till date, still one of the biggest rooms I performed in. It was exhilarating, you know. It was it was scary and fun at the same time, man. <laughs> it was, like, a, kind of a first experience for you. And was this also your first uh, televised comedy show? Yes, this was my first uh, televised comedy show. But for uh, Sirius XM, like, it was the biggest show I'd perform at the time. And, you know, New Wave... Is now like the first one that's been like released for the nation to watch. It, it was very tough as well too. When they were filming it, there's just like again, it's the youngest and hottest comedians in the in the country right now. So like you just people going up in there, just like absolutely murdering the rooms. There's such funny people, and then I'm just sitting in the back, just waiting. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds amazing, but I am so terrified. One hundred percent. Well, now you got to be a part of that tapestry now too. You got to you got to. Yeah. You know, perform. You gotta. You gotta put something out there. Yeah. No, I totally understand. How did it go? I mean, we haven't seen the episode just yet. But what? What do you think? I thought it was very fun, man. Like I thought it was very great. Like the moment I got on stage again, like with everybody coming in there, like all the amazing comics. Like I got up on stage and it was just like I don't know how to explain it. It was just like flow. You know, it was just fun. I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I've been working for. And that kind of nervousness just kind of went away, and it was just a part of the show. My mom actually flew in. From, uh, from Calgary to come watch me. You just sit in front row. I'm like, Mom, this doesn't make me nervous at all. Like, <laughs> no, right, of course. As if that's going to help. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Nigerian moms are, like, absolutely hilarious because they're the most supportive human. They support too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, I, well, you know what? It's all love, right? It's all love. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. So the show has started. The series has started on CBC Gem. Uh, but new wave of stand up. Uh, do you know when your episode is going to show? Uh, I'm not too sure yet. It's going to pop out anytime soon. Keep your eyes on it. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Oladada, I'm glad to now know you a little bit and know that you're from Fort McMurray, and I'm going to be supporting, man. I'm going to be keeping my eyes out. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure having an interview with you. Thank you so much for calling out. If you ever come do a show uh, for McMurray, you got to let me know, and then we'll, we'll get you in the studio uh, after the pandemic's all over and everything, all right? For sure, for sure, 100%. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday, or just tune into The Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.